So this week, uh, Torah and Tea, we'll talk a little bit about the Parsha, right in the beginning of the Parsha. It starts with Behaloscha. Basically, it talks the instruction to Aaron. Uh, Hashem says that to Moshe to tell Aaron that when you light the menorah, uh, you make sure that the uh, lights should go towards the center of the menorah, which means you had the middle stem of the menorah. The menorah consisted of seven lamps. You have one middle one. That's called the Pnei HaMenorah, the face of the menorah, the middle one. And then you had the three on each side. They were facing the middle of the menorah. That's the way they should be lit. Talks about the menorah. Talks a little bit how the menorah was made. Uh, it was made out of one piece. And there's various different interesting lessons over there from this menorah, the fact that it's made out of one piece of gold, uh, which was quite a uh, task. It says that Moshe could not actually master it, how to make it, and Hashem had to make it, they threw it into the fire, because to make it out of one piece, they had to stretch it various different ways and make all those various different designs on the uh, menorah. Why was it so important to have it out of one piece versus, you know, soldering together, connecting the pieces? And that has a very important lesson to us to know that even though we have seven branches and we have different people branching out in different ways, but yet we come really from the same piece. We're really one piece of gold, the same gold. It's not connecting pieces that don't belong together. We belong together. We start out from one, and from one we branch out, and it's important that we consider this uh, knowing that the uh, other person, or the other idea, the other branch, the other direction, we're all still facing the center, the, the menorah itself. Um, but there's an interesting uh, Rashi right away in the beginning, uh, uh, the placement of this Parsha. Now, what did we read in last week's portion? It's a very interesting uh, thing that we find that the Torah repeats itself. You know, we know that every word in the Torah is is very uh, specific, and that one letter of the Torah is sometimes a source for uh, many laws can be learned out from an extra letter, extra vowel. You know, just uh, and here the Torah keeps on repeating the various different korbanot, the sacrifices and the gifts, the agolas, the various different, the ketores, the various different things that the leaders uh, of the tribes, the 12 leaders that they brought as a gift. Uh, what happened was on Rosh Chodesh Nisan, um, they finally uh, raised the Mishkan. Um, they had the seven days of the inauguration that prepared for that. Uh, they started with the 27th day of Ador, and then for seven days they kept on doing the process, the Torah says, various different processes during the seven days. And then on the eighth day, the Mishkan was finally raised, and it stood raised up from that point on. And, and, um, and after that, uh, the head of the uh, tribes, the leaders of every tribe, they went and they brought a gift for the Mishkan. That's called the dedication, or we call it the Chanukas HaMishkan. Matter of fact, during Hanukkah, we read this portion of the Torah, 
because of Hanukkah was also the dedication of the temple after the destruction. We we read from this portion of Parshat Naso that was last week. So we read about the dedication of the temple and um, um, and uh, each the way it worked is so all the leaders wanted to bring the gifts to the Mishkan to dedicate to be the first one to start off the uh, the Mishkan to bring the Karbanot to start the gifts for the Mishkan in, in when it's being used uh, to use and Hashem says to Moshe no let's not all do it together but let's every day uh, one leader of one tribe will do it one one a day one a day and so it went on for 12 days that's also the reason why the month of Nisan, um, which starting from Rosh Chodesh Nisan, which is when it was, that the whole month of Nisan, we don't say like the Tachanun, the special prayer. It's, also, it's like a little bit of a holiday, because each tribe, when they brought their uh, korbanot, their gifts, that was sort of a holiday for them. So, anyways, so when that, that, that was done for 12 days, that was the inauguration, that was the dedication, the Hanukkah, Zot Chanukat HaMishkan, this was the Chanukat of Mishkan. That's spoke about in the last week's part, yes? The term Chanukiah, remind me, did that mean the seven branch or the nine branch? You know? There, no, the, uh, the, uh, the, the name Chanukiah is a, a name, a new name for the, can, for the, uh, for the lamp that we use. The, the, the menorah that we use on Hanukkah, they call it a Hanukkah. That has eight right. candles. That is because the miracle was for eight days. Right. But I don't know, there's no such thing as nine. Nine well, is I the Shabbos. Yeah, but, but that's not, that, that's only for the practical reason because you got to light it for eight days. Oh. And every day you add another one, so you need eight candles. But the menorah in the Mishkan was seven branches. And that's known as menorah. That was the menorah of the Mishkan. Yeah, that was the menorah that had to be, that we learn in the portion of Truma, where Hashem tells them how to build the menorah. Yeah. But over here, well, the surprising thing is, so after that, uh, the Torah begins, after the Torah goes through what they did for the 12 days, the Torah talks about lighting of the menorah. Uh, but the problem is, what happened all these 12 days? Uh, they 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 had to light the menorah once they dedicated the Mishkan on Rosh Chodesh Nisan. Presumably, I mean, the expectation is that all the services of the Mishkan were taking place already. Why is God telling Aaron about the lighting of the menorah and instruction after? the uh, dedication after 12 days of dedication that we just learned about it seems like that should have been first uh, that because it almost seems like the lighting of the menorah takes place after the dedication but that's not the case the, the, the lighting of the menorah took place before so there's an interesting Rashi so Rashi says over here why does it come over here so Rashi explains that the verse is actually telling us something over here. It's trying to tell us over here something. Because uh, Aaron, when he saw that the uh, leaders were dedicating, each one got a turn, those tribes included the 12 tribes, but it did not include the tribe of Levi. Now, Aaron was the leader of the tribe of Levi. Uh, but 
nobody in the tribe of Levi ended up participating in the Hanukkah Sa'am Mishkan. And he, uh, he, he, he felt bad. So he felt bad. Russia, so, so Aaron felt bad that neither himself, not, not his tribe, they didn't participate in it. Why didn't they participate? Because apparently Hashem said the Nesim, all the other leaders, not Aaron. Aaron, Aaron had his own, uh, his own job. Aaron's job was to bring all the karbonot, to do everything else. That's what, that's what the Levites did. That's what the Kohanim did. That's what Aaron and his son, they did all the work in the Mishkan, but they didn't, they weren't part of uh, this dedication. So Hashem basically says to him, he says a very strong language, he says, Chayecha. Chayecha means by your life, in other words, like I promise, he says, that yours is greater than theirs. In other words, don't feel bad. Yours is greater than theirs. Why? Because you get to light and to fix the menorah, to clean the menorah, you get to do the menorah. So don't feel bad. That's what Rashi says over here. He felt bad that he wasn't, that him, and that they didn't participate in the dedication. So Hashem says, you know what? Don't feel bad. So I just thought an idea over here. So one, one of the things is that you see that Hashem doesn't want somebody to feel bad. You know, okay, so he feels bad. So what, what do we care? He feels bad. So, no, if, if Aaron feels bad, it means if you're not enthusiastic about what you're doing, uh, then you're not really going to do well and you're not going to be successful. So uh, Aaron needs to do that Voda. So Hashem needs to uh, sort of comfort him and say, you know what? Don't, yours is... Uh... Now... Aaron did a lot of things, like even those korbanot or the, some of the sacrifices that they brought. Some of the gifts they brought were carriages, wagons that they gave out to the, uh, the Levites that were carrying the, uh, uh, the, the various different things that they had over there. But some of the things were brought on the Mizbeach. Who did that avoda? That was done by Aaron. So I was thinking to myself, that sometimes, you know, you see, like, you know, you have uh, teachers, uh, like, in school, or the same thing is in many different areas. So who, uh, who does the actual work? Who is the one that uh, does the work with the kids and teaches them and educates them, has to take all the, uh, uh, you know, uh, from the kids and to, to be able to the teacher? So the, the main, the main uh, I guess, the... the most important part of all is the actual teacher, you know, the one who's in there in the classroom and the one who's doing the work. Same thing is by teaching, but the same thing is in other places, you know, whether it's in a company, whether it's other things, is the people who have their hands on on the ground, they're the ones that actually make things happen. They, they're the ones that do the work. But you don't always see these people getting the credit because they're working inside, you know, the big, you know, the... The principal, the the, 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 the the big shots over there are all there and talking to everybody. They're showing off their product and they're, they're you know they're meeting with the president. They're they're meeting with everybody and they're making a whole. So sometimes the teacher, <laughs> you know, feels bad. He says, "Look, look, I'm the one that's doing really all the work, putting in all the hard work, and I have to you know day in and day out deal with some rowdy kids." <laughs> 
deal with, 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 with situations and, and help and really build the company and do everything that needs to be done, and you don't get enough, you get enough credit for it because the credit goes somebody else is sitting on a comfortable chair in the air conditioning and, you know, and drinking their coffee and tea and they go, you know, say, wow, you know, you're so wonderful. But they're not the ones that are doing the actual work, you know, so in a similar way, it almost seems like, you know, the Nassim, they brought the gifts, everybody made a holiday of it, it became such a, a big, uh, big to-do, so everybody knew it was a big... And, and here Aaron is the one he was serving inside and the Beis Hamikdash bringing it on the Mizbeach making the fire and, and the, so maybe he felt bad already he doesn't feel that everybody is, is really uh, giving him the proper credit I have a question Hashem so, said yeah go ahead so sure. all of the Kohanim are Levites right right but not all Levites are Kohanim right that's correct what who, only the who? sons of Aaron Aaron and his sons, and then later on Pinchas and his sons. That was an extra. So oh, okay. only Aaron, because there was the the uh, Levi had three sons: Gershon, Kohas, and Merari. Those are three sons we spoke about last week. Yeah, if you right. remember mm-hmm. the different the love, Gershon, Kohas, and Merari. Okay, so that oh, two weeks ago. I'm not sure. Last yeah, because that's the one ago. I led. Yeah, so that was two weeks ago, right? <laughs> two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So Gershon, Kohas, and Merari. So that was the three sons that he has. Now, everybody from Levi, his children, all the sons of Gershon and Kosovo, they're all Levites. Kahos had four sons. Amram, Yitzhar, Hevron, and Uziel. Those are four sons of Kahos. So the, one of the sons of Levi. Again, all of the children of Kahos. So we said Gershon, Kosovo, and Kahos, four children. Amram, Yitzhar, Hevron, Uziel. They all were ladies. Everybody was lady. Amram had three sons, two sons and one daughter. That's Moshe and Aaron and Miriam. Okay? Again, all of them were Levites still. Aaron and his sons only from that lineage were Kohanim. So to this day, so, so this day, everybody comes from Aaron and his sons. So Aaron. And then Aaron had two of his sons died. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not of an they died. Mm-hmm. So he only has Elazar and his summer. So those were the two sons. Plus, Pinchas later on was given the gift of Kahuna as an exception for him and his generation. Was he so, a cousin of Yeah, his? yeah. yeah, he yeah. Was a but it was a Levite. It was, just yeah. a Levite. it was a Levite. He got to become a Kohen as well. Oh. But that's but that that's all the um, that's all actually. He was a um, he was actually a descendant, not only a Levite. He was he was a descendant from Elazar, so he was a grandson of Aaron. Oh, yeah. But by him, the issue was that he was born after uh, Pinchas was born. I mean, before uh, Elazar, before Elazar became a Kohen. So the fact that Eliezer became a Kohen did not make Pinchas automatically a Kohen yet. Because only the descendants from Eliezer, once Eliezer was anointed as a Kohen, would be Kohanim. But Pinchas, even though he was a son, but he was already born before, so he would not be a Kohen, 
if not for Hashem giving him the cool gift of Kehuna, but he was a son of Eliezer, so that's why he is a Kohen and his children are Kohanim, starting from Pilchas also his descendant, even though that was given to him as a gift at that time. But then why couldn't Hashem include Moshe as the Levite? Moshe is a Levite, but he's not a Kohen. For the twelve tribes. Why couldn't he? Yeah, he was consoling Aaron, Moshe. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, I understand, because, uh, well, uh, Moshe was sort of the one who was making all the arrangements over there, and Moshe did serve at the first time during the seven days of inauguration. Mm-hmm. Moshe had a major role there as well. Uh, but that's another issue. How come Moshe didn't need to be consoled? Why wasn't he... I'm not sure exactly, I mean, I suggested, I'm not sure exactly... Uh, it seemed like from the Pasuk, again, I have to look, I mean, there's a lot of information there. Uh, it seems from the Pasuk, when you're reading it, just the verse, it seems almost like they volunteered. These um, uh, leaders, they volunteered. Like, someone is to say, who stopped uh, the tribe of Levi from volunteering? You know, they could have volunteered also. It says, the Rashi just says, when he saw, he felt bad. He felt bad when he said neither him nor any him being the leader of his tribe, maybe, or anyone of his tribe was not part of it. So, I mean, why didn't you, uh, why didn't you offer? Why didn't you volunteer? Well, it doesn't say that somebody, it, it definitely seems like it later on needed, it, it, the passing does say it needed the approval, you know, Hashem's approval. So, like, initially they had the thought, everybody should bring it on the first day, all body together, then Hashem says, no, that's what it says in the verse, go ahead, each leader should bring it one day separately, one at a time, not everybody together. That's how we get 12 days. Moses was a Levite, right? Yeah. Sure. But so his two sons, who are two of the tribes, are Levites. Gershon and Nelly. But they're not considered yeah. Why the they're not? Tribe. They're not Kohen. They're no, Levites. but they're also not considered part of the Levite tribe. Why not? Right? They're, they're their own tribe, aren't they? No. No, you're talking no. about Manasseh and Ephraim, I think. Yeah. No, that's, that's Joseph. That's Joseph. Oh, Joseph. Okay, that's, that's not. Yeah, oh, got yeah. it. Okay. Confused. Well, you're testing me today. Oh, yeah. Was it in last week's Parsha that the, the tribal leaders were late in bringing donations? That's part of this, on this. That's part of the reason it says why they started, because when it came to the gifts for the Mishkan itself, they were late, yeah. and there was almost nothing for them to do because the people brought everything. Right. So now they said, we're not going to wait till the end. We're going to go in the beginning. That's that's what Rashi brings okay, down. Now right I now. understand. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> now, but... but it's so odd, let's... It's th- odd that, that the lady from Ireland, nobody volunteers. So it, it doesn't say, apparently, Hashem, even though it's not recorded clearly, I have to, again, I don't know... I have to look at the Medrash or whatever would they say, but apparently Hashem didn't want them. It's not mm-hmm. look they they, they, they right. didn't do it. it. Apparently they they Hashem didn't want them to do it. Uh, they didn't accept from them, but they felt bad. Okay, so there's a lot of issues, but I want to start because uh, we don't I'm not gonna have all the time. I just wanted to to uh, to bring up maybe a very important point, you know. Uh, going a little backwards, which means there's first to understand things in the simple meaning and then going to the insight of it, the Hasidic. Want to put on the air conditioning? Uh, yeah. uh, 
So, the the one uh, important lesson the Rebbe learns uh, from this that from lighting the menorah and uh, uh, from what Aaron did and Aaron felt bad about uh, doing it. Um, the, the Rebbe's idea over here, the, the, which is the theme of the Rebbe's uh, explanation over here, it, it has to do with the idea of dedication. It's not just a... Um, it's not just doing something, but it is uh, doing something new. In other words, the leaders over here, they weren't just doing a mitzvah or doing a, a korban or doing a, a great deed. They started, they made the Hanukkah, they made the dedication. They, it's a whole new thing now, we're starting a new Mishkan, we're starting a new, a new life, a new, uh, a new type of service, and we are the ones that are starting it. There is, uh, like we find that uh, sometimes when you start a new, a new class, or when you, let's say, one of the things is like you dedicate the Mishkan, you know, you bring in a child you bring him to school, or we would bring him to Cheder, bring him to learn Torah, you know, you bring him into the school. Uh, at that time, the Alter Rebbe says, look at the Torah, you know, the child is given, you know, sweets and other things, they want to give him extras, uh, so that, you know, he should be enthusiastic about this new learning, about his learning, he be excited about it, he should be wanting to do that, so... When you start something, start something new, or you're starting a new part in your life, or something that is a change, you want to get something more than just the regular, you give something extra. Basically, the Al-Turabi explains that when they started the, uh, when they started the Mishkan, and the dedication of the Mishkan, the power or the energy that they brought down from Hashem, into that service, because every time we do a service, whatever it is, we bring down a spiritual level from the various different levels, as explained in the Kabbalah, every act that we do has its counterpart in the mystical world, which comes down through our act, through our mitzvah. We sort of uh, bring down the, uh, through our Isarusa de la Tata, or it's called the Maim the feminine water, which means we bring it out from us, and we sort of engage these the spiritual levels to come down. But when we start something new, Hashem gives us sort of an extra more to give us like a push. So during the Hanukkah Samizbeach, uh, those korbanot that they brought got an unusual, a greater level of energy from Hashem that came down because they started this whole new Mishkan now. And that was sort of an energy that came down uh, um, give, give sort of an extra boost for the rest of the time so that they will be serving so it, 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 should, it should last. Um, so the Rebbe builds here on, an, on the language of, of Rashi. It's because when the Rashi says, uh, yours is greater than them, they felt bad. What did Hashem say to Moshe Rabbeinu? Moshe Rabbeinu felt bad. 
So what did Hashem tell Moshe Rabbeinu? No, you, what you do is greater than what they do. What, Aaron, what you Aaron do is greater than what the Nassim, what the other leaders do. Why? Because you light and you make good the lamps. But the language is a strange language which the Rebbe deals with. And he says, it doesn't say because you lit in the past tense, because you lit and because you. By the way, just, uh, you know, myself, the grammar, Hebrew grammar is something which I never. I never mastered fully, you know, I just learned something new today, you know, I mean, not figure it out, but I'm just, there's, you know, what is the meaning, let's see, they're, they're just, we're talking about grammar here, so then, what is the meaning you say every day? Ve o hafta. You will love. You will love? Yeah, it's hafta. You, you, you said ve o hafta, and you will love? What is the vav? Yeah, the vav is hafuch, right? It makes right? Money. So it shouldn't be and. Yeah, it just means you will love. Yeah, I always do that. No, but it is and. It is well, it's and. and. Yeah, it's and, but if you have that yeah, And then he changes it from but atu it, to avav. Esther is right. Vav. Esther is right. Esther is right. You know? The ahafta switches around from the ahafta. But I always make that mistake. Yeah. Ahafta means you loved in the past tense. The vav is mahapech and makes it v'ohavta. You shall love. So it's no more an and now. V'ohavta can mean. Wait a second. V'ohavta can mean. No, v'ohavta can mean, and you loved. If you're saying v'ohavta and you loved, then it's the vav is. That's why the word is not. Ve'ahavta is ve'ahavta. Because the word is ahavta, and the vav is just telling me, that's why we, the pronunciation is ve'ahavta, not ve'ahavta. It's not the vav, it's not the end. It's not, a, it's not an end. The vav is not an end. Anyways, so it's just something that I thought about today. Uh, but, you know, if you look at the English translation, you'll see in the sitter, it says, ve'ahavta you shall love. It doesn't say, and you shall love. And also, it doesn't fit really in the pasuk. It's a shemachad uh, after you know, and, and you yeah, shall love. Sense. It doesn't. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Maybe actually, I can't say that. But v'ahavta could mean, and you loved. V'ahavta, and you loved. If it would be past tense, but the vav hamahafir takes it away, and now it's turns just it the, around. turns it around. So, but it's now our end, and it becomes just the future. But anyways, so over here, uh, why does why does why does it say, uh, why does Rashi say that you, uh, doesn't say you lit the menorah, you, you lit and you made the menorah good. Rashi says you light and you make the menorah good. It's sort of in a present tense, in a constant tense. And the question is, uh, Rashi should have said, he said he felt bad he wasn't in it, right? So Rashi should have said, well, don't feel bad. Hashem should have told him, don't feel bad. Because you did something even better. But Rashi doesn't say you did something better. Rashi says, you do something better. What does Rashi mean? You're always doing better. He's talking about the present, that you're doing better. So the Rebbe has an interesting take on it. And he says that actually, what Aaron does, lighting the menorah in this spiritual sense, 
is not something which Hashem is trying to tell him is that what you're doing is not just a one-time thing. It's not something that you did in the past, just a one-time thing, which you dedicated and therefore you had that special light that you had was that special gift that you got, which comes with the new, uh, a new dedication. You got that extra light? No. Shem says, your dedication, your is a constant one. And Rabbi uh, explains this. He says that sometimes you meet up with somebody and, uh, you know, you see that that person has really very little to do with service of Hashem. He doesn't know about Hashem too much. He doesn't not interested in serving Hashem. Uh, and you don't see the person's flame. Ner Hashem Nishmat Adam. Every soul is a lamp. Is a lamp of Hashem. That's God's lamp in this world. Ner Hashem. God's lamp is Nishmat Adam. The soul of man is Hashem's lamp. What does it mean that Hashem's lamp? Hashem's lamp means when you illuminate and you light and your fire, your lamp is lit and it writes and it shines. So you are becoming the lamp of Hashem because you are revealing Hashem through your soul because your soul in this world, when it's on fire, when it's ignited, when it's shining, then you are basically serving as Hashem's lamp in the world because you are revealing the Hashem's holiness, Hashem godliness in the world. But sometimes you meet a person, you don't see no... Ner Hashem there, you don't see no lamp of Hashem over there, you don't see no soul. So, we all have a responsibility, like the Kohen, we have to light the other one's menorah. Okay, so you want to have a little bit of an impact on the other person, you want them to begin to feel that there is something spiritual, there is something Hashem, there is Torah, there is mitzvahs. How do you uh, approach somebody, there's nothing, there's, there, there's, there's, there's really nowhere to start with, it seems like. So, Rashi uses the language over here, Rashi says, Chayecha, by your life, Hashem is saying, Chayu by your life. But the Rebbe translates it, Chayecha means, it must be something which touches you, in other words, something that you care about. You know, it, it, it's as if your life depends upon it. In other words, don't stay away, this is something. Something which is important to you. Why? And similar to the idea I brought down before. You know, we need the entire candelabra lit. If you think that you have your own neshama, you're lit, you're fire, you're okay, okay, that's fine. But the whole candelabra has to be lit. The candelabra consists of all Jewish souls. All of us have to be put on fire. If you are not going to ignite the fire in another person, then you should know that you're, whole, you're, you're also lacking because you're part of that same candelabra. You're part of that same menorah. And the menorah needs it to be all lit in order to be in full capacity. You need it to be fully lit. Uh, so, therefore, it's chayecha. So you have to know it's your life over there. So, you have to realize that even though you'll you, you, you'll, you'll want to impact the other person because even though 
externally you don't see that flame, but deep in this soul, uh, he does have that lamp of Hashem. You have to reveal it. You have to bring it out. You have to bring it into the open. Uh, so then, then when you light, you light everybody else's menorah, uh, and you have all together, and you make that, like I said, that one piece together, that brings about the uh, lighting of the whole menorah, which eventually brings us the menorah of the Beis Hamikdash, which is really the ultimate goal of all the menorahs. So, uh, inherently, as the Rebbe explains, every Yid has that, as we call that, the Yiddish, a pintle Yid, that spark of Judaism in themselves. And um, with, uh, sometimes they say that you know, it's like the olden days, they would get fire, used to use a flint stone. And so he says, sometimes we read Yom Yom a couple of days ago, there's, you got to give a bang a little bit to yourself to Maybe get that spark. What? Sometimes, yeah. Yeah, and you give a little bit of a, a clock, you know, you got to shake, you got to shake up a little bit so that you can, uh, a wake-up call, basically, to... Uh, to be able to, to do that. But um, it has to be an Aaron. Yeah, Somebody who's a gentle, loving... But it has to be Aaron or...? No. So in a way, actually, the Rambam says, no, technically for the... Uh, for the... Um, we need Aaron. But we are all, actually, uh, if you see right in the beginning, we just had Shavuot. What was the Torah reading we read over there from the Parshish Yisrael? It says, Ki'atem Tiuli Mamleches Kohanim. What means Mamleches Kohanim? You'll be a kingdom of Kohens. In other words, we are all Kohens, you know, in a, in a certain extent. Some say literally that technically we all could have been Kohens, and then later on it was separated. Okay. But the Rambam says very clearly, he says it's not just reserved for the tribe of Levi, that they are the ones that uh, should do the work, but it's actually anybody who wishes to be part of that is is something uh, that they could be part of. But the Rebbe has a whole uh, big explanation, very very beautiful. And I should say this that uh, you know every time that I read the Rebbe's sikhs, uh, you know, it's very very detailed, and very intricate, and very uh, insight. You know, besides the knowledge in every aspect is just uh, beautiful, but time does not allow, especially today, we have a little bit, so we'll leave it over here today, we shall continue, anybody want to ask something, please do, and then we'll uh, call it a day today. What?